to 50 States of Terror. My name's Kaylee. And I'm Anthony. And this is our version of Date Night. Right? Uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, we are both nerds, and we both enjoy reading and researching and things that don't actually exist. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to lore and when it comes to stories i think the both of us have a wide and different range of backgrounds into them and when it comes to things like cryptids and in that realm i grew up with stories in south texas it's always been the chupacabra and for you it, it, it was we have momo in Missouri. Yeah, so Missouri has its own, uh, it's kind of like a Sasquatch. It's like a Yeti, it's a, a humanoid, and its nickname is Momo. Not to be confused with that terrifying image that went around viral. Was it like the beginning of the quarantine? Yeah, on YouTube, TikTok, and all that stuff. Yeah. She had like that duck face. Yeah. The, it, Momo! But that ended up being an, a Japanese artist, I think. Yeah, and, it was. And I think scared the crap out of me. It was, it was pretty terrifying. It kind of made me think of um, the character in Beetlejuice when their faces are like all stretched out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the hair was thinning out. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah that, was, that was pretty still kind of terrifying. But yeah, we both like cryptids. We both like stories. If you're joining us from the Housecraft podcast, I am the mistress of lore on the lore episodes. I joined the Mothers of Mayhem there, Lou and M, and they gave me this opportunity to spin off. And so when we were talking about it, I was talking to you, Anthony. We were just kind of batting ideas around, and it kind of started off as a joke, like, hey, well, let's just do an episode for each state, and this is where we are. Yeah, so for me, the whole cryptid background, I wrote a a book, and a whole book. Yeah, a complete book, which right now I'm at the very final stages of editing and, and trying to uh, to publish, which is very terrifying and stressful. <laughs> but the book is actually about cryptids. And how I came up with this this concept is I used to work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And our job is to protect endangered and threatened species. There was a meeting that we had one of the biologists came from wyoming and told the story about these visitors who were asking a bunch of questions about sasquatch and the biologists up there in wyoming at the national wildlife refuge had just blatantly just said oh yeah like there's a sasquatch here and <laughs> and it's on federal record now that there's a sasquatch in in, in wyoming and in, in one of their national wildlife refuges and then the 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 thought of well you know I love fantasy novels and I love fantasy stories you know I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons and 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 those type of uh, of games you know why not come up with a story where cryptids are the endangered ones there is a a special group of people who try to save them. And then lo and behold, I came up with the story and the story is called the Cryptasians. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, the, it, the whole thing fascinates me as, as far as these things, these stories that were probably meant to keep you away from a certain place. And you find that some of them could be 
you know, just mistaken for horrible things, but are actually cute, cuddly creatures. <laughs> I mean, maybe not cute and cuddly. I definitely do want to get into the topic of cautionary tales. And we've touched on that a little bit in our lore episodes on housecraft, where sometimes you get stories that are strictly meant to teach a lesson, to keep children safe. I know we briefly touched on there's an Inuit tribe that discusses these ghouls that live at the edge of the water. And really what they were trying to do was keep the kids from getting close to the edge of the ice because they would fall through and they would freeze and they would drown. Right, right, right. And those stories, they start out as, you know, somebody's auntie or somebody's mom who's like, hey, don't do this because this will happen. But that vivid imagination of children, which is, I mean, a magical thing, starts to develop where they they really do think that they see it. And then when they tell their kids about it or they tell their friends about it and then it just keeps growing and it keeps growing. And eventually you have these people who have really, really real imaginations and really real experiences that they've created. So I really enjoy the psychology aspect. I enjoy the social aspect of what these cryptids mean in different points in our history. Like if we just talk about North American history, which, I mean, is what we're going to be doing with the states and the territories. Yes, right. But um, you can really tell a lot about what's going on in the country at the time. And we're not going to get heavy politics. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to do anything really in that flavor. But there's definitely differences during the Depression, during the Dust Bowl, during, you know, Prohibition, uh, women's rights. You see a lot of things that kind of parallel and mirror what's going on in society by what people are afraid of. Yes. And when you, when you really boil down to like the origins of all of these stories, you're right. You know, it, it, um, there's that link in history that's super, super fascinating. And yeah, we're only doing the United States, but it's even further, Mm -hmm. just crazy to think about different countries and their cryptids. The, the link between, the immigrants come from different countries and they're bringing their stories and those stories evolve to what we know as children. The stories that we were told, it's crazy to think about how they're still told even to the, to this day. You know, we still tell the stories about um, the Chupacabra and, and uh, the reason why, you know, we find these deceased farm animals on uh, the the roads in in South Texas, that was the only explanation that they ever gave us. Was it was well, it was the chupacabra. You stay away from that area. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a we have a pretty good mix between you and I as well. We're very we're very different about where we come from. So I came from the Midwest. Um, you grew up all over the place. You spent time in Japan with your with your dad's military career. You went to school on the East Coast and then lived on the West Coast. Mm-hmm, yeah. Also that we're different ethnicities. So we get a lot of different cultural backgrounds where my grandma used to tell us stories that were more fae related, but she's also very, very Irish. So we just grew up with these completely different sets. So our children are just confused. Yeah. And my grandmother told us stories of horrible, scary things to keep us out of <laughs> to keep us out of buildings. And- but didn't she also have a picture of the king of Spain? On her wall. That was my my father's mother. My my dad's on my dad's side. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's wrong a, grandma. That, that's a, that's a whole different story. 
we're really looking forward to really deep diving in on these different cryptids and spooky stories. We're going to be staying away from ghosts. That's not... Um, we're going to try to stay from ghosts. You know, if we just if we just can't find something and we have to go to ghosts, I mean, we're going to make the most of it. We're, it's not, we're, we're still going to have fun with it. We're going to try and keep these episodes not serious. I do want them to be educational, though. I really want to get into, like, some good, like, meat of the stories. Yeah, the background. But yeah. I don't think we can be serious for a whole 30 minutes. I mean, we could definitely try, <laughs> but, like, it won't be quite as entertaining as, you know, as <laughs> telling a few, you know, jokey jokes. Over, over. A little jokey jokes. <laughs> a little, you know, especially if we have a couple drinks going, like, it could go from PG to R real fast. Yeah, so this is not for your children. Yeah, please don't let your children listen to this. We don't even let our... No, our kids do hear us every day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there there may be a curse word or two flying off the <laughs> off the rail. <laughs> Yikes on bikes! What do you think makes you a person that should do this podcast? I I think that I am uniquely qualified to talk about imaginary creatures, um, because I really believed in them at one point. I grew up way out in the country. Uh, no light pollution even. You could look up and see a billion stars just out in the middle of nowhere. And I think that really lends to a certain amount of imagination that kind of leads up to these stories. So you would hear sounds outside, and, I mean, you hear hoofbeats. You're supposed to think horses, but that's not the way it works. (laughs) You hear hoofbeats and well, maybe it was really wings flapping, and then all of a sudden you've got a three-headed dragon that's living in your barn. Right, right. So having a very young experience where I just let myself believe those things, I mean, I don't believe them anymore, but having having done that when I was younger, I don't think every kid really gets to do that anymore. I think every corner of the world has been explored, and it's hard to let kids have imaginations like that in a world where all the answers are on your fingertips and they're in your pocket on your smartphone. So I think having that base experience and growing with that and then just having kind of a book nerd fantasy um, obsession lends itself to, yeah, I want to talk about these really, really crazy things, but I also want to give you some sources and I want to back it up or cite my sources and just really have a, a good, solid intellectual conversation but about these absolutely silly things, like the wolf woman of Alabama. She looks like a centaur. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. But um, Yeah, but the, then you then you come across the completely plausible things as like the the northern giant, which is a giant bear in Alaska. You know, for me, I am thirty-nine years old, you know, currently as this thing is being recorded. And I like I, older men. And I throwing that out there. I simply love the idea of the existence of these things, because you know, as as a kid, we were told these stories and we were told all all of these, uh, these you know creepy crawly spooky things, and you you read the books, you watch the documentaries, and and then a part of you doesn't want to you know, let go of that. And I re found myself in writing and I um enjoyed the creativity and the fantasy aspect of of these of these stories and the origins and, and how they affect people and, and how they how they change over time. 
for me, I I do kind of believe that they're that Sasquatch is roaming the mountains. You, you know? do not. I do. I I, I seriously <laughs> do because I I love the fantasy of of that being real. I love the the uh, the, the the childhood wonder of it could still be out there like i i believe in aliens it's like the santa claus that your mom can't take away from you i think that in like in the alaskan case there might be a monster bear with like a recessive gene some form of like giantism that caused him just to grow ridiculously right something wrong with his pituitary gland i think that's possible right and th- and that and that that avenue kind of proves the probability of of it being in existence because of of that one genetic quirk that could be true deep down in the, in the on the ocean floor is the, we we haven't really explored what's all down there like yeah. the, NASA was created for the ocean and they were like noped the fuck out of there and went to space instead <laughs> yeah so like like who knows what could be deep, deep, deep down in the oceans? I mean, I, I mean, like I, I, I still want to believe that the Loch Ness monster is, is still roaming around, you know, because you know the giant squid. The perfect example is, is is the giant squid, the colossal squid. You know, I think the story is like it is this, uh, this, ten or twelve story, large squid, the the kraken, pretty much. And when they went down to explore with the squid and they found this colossal squid and it boggled the, the scientific community. When you think about the, the possibility of these fantastical creatures being possibly real, you know, not maybe to the extent of what we were told, um, but yeah, who knows, you know, and, and it, it's that wonder that, really drives this this childhood thing that I still want to latch on to. <laughs> and that's the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> well, I, I definitely believe that there are exceptions, like when we were saying like with the, the bear might have giantism or it might have some kind of disorder, but you cannot discount the craziness of the human factor. You could have a ship that is going, you know, sailing and sailing and sailing and something happens, say it capsizes, say, you know, it's hit by a rogue wave or whatever the case may be. If those sailors saw something happen shortly before or shortly after, that almost becomes like I caught a fish and it was this big. Right. And then I caught a fish and it was this big. And then by the time you're, you know, you're telling your story, you caught like a whale. So a ship goes under and say an octopus was close by yeah oh well there was a tentacle and then the ship was capsized yeah so it obviously was a tentacle that did it and now we have a kraken and i know we talked about that in our greek episode on housecraft that you know you wouldn't go home and tell your buddy's wife oh well carl died because he was a dumbass and he fell overboard you'd be like no Carl went down fighting. There was a tentacle and it grabbed him and we tried to stab it, but but we couldn't. And and it was like a big monster. Yeah. Like you're you gotta hype your boy up. And then those stories for people who weren't there, those stories are all they have. Those stories are real. And so cautionary tales become, you know, just these drinking stories and 
you just you can't control the effect that your stories have on people. Eventually, your word is gospel to at least one person in the world, whether that's your child or a friend or, you know, any of those factors. So I think human factor is a huge thing in the way that cryptid stories are created, the way that they're perpetuated and the way that they get passed down through time. So I think uh, I think human is the biggest factor, but I definitely believe in some circumstances that there are plausible, explainable things that can happen. But I don't think a skunk ape was a genetic experiment and that they tunnel under the Everglades. No, yeah, I mean, it could be. Opposites attract. I love <laughs> you so much. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I really think that Sasquatch is real. <laughs> So, but do you think he's half human? Do you think he's? Do you think he is a? Um, we're just gonna have to have a Sasquatch episode. We're gonna. No state is gonna get Sasquatch. Yeah, because there are so many states who claim Sasquatch or or versions of Sasquatch, like okay. the Yeti. So let's just make a let's the, make a pack now. Yeah. So we yeah you know, we can't we can't necessarily do Sasquatch because you know that that one cryptid changes amongst uh the different states that it resides in so you know there's the mountain yeti and then there's the the yeti itself and the sasquatch and then skunk apes and the skunk ape Momo. I, the, the actually what's what's funny is, is the way i wrote it in my book and from the research that i that i gathered from for the the book it's a humanoid creature it's humanoid around uh seven feet tall covered in hair and it has the gorilla ape-like face, the elongated arms, its foot measures a size, I think they said it's a size 15 to size 20 foot. I think that's what size my dad wear. And yeah, <laughs> well, he, he might be, you know, genetically. Have, have you, you've met my dad. He's, I mean, big, long beard, big, long hair. <laughs> he could be moonlighting. Yeah. So like the, the whole humanoid factor, you know, it, it, it sparks this trail in my head. Like, well, is it possible? That there are these, I want to say, tribe, lack lack of a better word, a tribe of of humanoid creatures who have maybe this giganticism gene into them, and in order to survive in the mountains, you know, had to evolve and grow hair, and the hair turned into this large fur, and then, and then they. Is this like the blue people in? Is it Kentucky? I think it is Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. The the ones that have the, the large heads, the rare genetic, not to be confused with the melon heads. Yeah, they have the the, the giant heads, and they're super super smart or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. are cryptid. Yeah, a humanoid cryptid that we can maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about them this season. I, I think I think that was one on our list that we picked out. Well, if you uh, live in a state with melon heads, heads up, <laughs> heads up. <laughs> yeah. That's Melon good. heads that, up. That, that's good. That, that's really that's really good. You like that joke. <laughs> yeah. And Melonheads, you know, sounds like an awesome punk band, but you know, that's I don't know. If I started a, a like an all girls punk band, I'd probably do like cactus cats. Ah, cactus cats. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe that'd be like a jazz ensemble. Yeah, that, that does sound like a jazz ensemble. Mm-hmm. But that's another cryptid. Or a show choir. Hey, I was in show choir. That's oh yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> What is your what is your favorite cryptid? So, if you say Sasquatch, this interview is over. No, uh, so in my my research, there is this uh, cat um, 
this cat cryptid uh, that I am right now searching because I was not prepared for that question. I'm and... like Barbara Walters. You got to be on your toes. <laughs> this is 2021. Okay, so it's cat-like, but the, its tail has a a claw on the end of its. And it's a cat. It's it's a normal cat. Like a lobster claw? No, 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 no. no. It has an, another set of paws on it, its tail, and the tail is elongated, and it it acts like an another arm, pretty much, and it, it grabs you know things or, or whatever. That so, makes me think of the Microraptor, um, because the Microraptor uh, is a dinosaur. We have a toddler who's obsessed with dinosaurs, and the Microraptor's tail split into two and acted as a fifth wing. So if they couldn't use their larger wings, they could help glide and control with their tail wings. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a South American dinosaur. Yeah, so it still says the Azul cat, but I'm not. That isn't it. It's a it's a much longer um, name with a cat, but um, it is just a normal cat. And also in my research, there are organizations and societies that that believe in encrypteds. And believe that they have magical properties. So, like, ooh, are they aphrodisiacs? Uh, there's, there's actually, there's actually, I think there's one that it's, it's blood is considered an aphrodisiac. Just to go back to the things that we can know what they are, Sasquatch. So, Sasquatch has. They say that Sasquatch has the ability to become invisible. That's why you never see them. Like, whenever you you want to to take a picture of them, or or you think you spot them. He has the ability to become invisible. How convenient. Well, yeah. So they think that if you were able to catch him and you were able to skin him or her, that you you. Can... I love your gender equality on that one. Go ahead. <laughs> and you can, and you can, you can uh, wear the, the hide. You gain the ability to become invisible. It was super interesting that these societies b- believe the, the magical abilities of these, of these cryptids. The chupacabra has the ability to heal. There, hmm. yeah, it has the ability to to um, regenerate wounds uh, quickly, and the the list is on and on. And there are some things that you're like, mm, I don't know. Like they they list a golem in there too. You know, when you're when you're kind of seriously researching cryptids and you find a golem, you're like, uh, mm, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that really depends, I mean, really on where you're from because golems are predominant in Jewish folklore. And so down here, like, we don't have a very high Jewish population, but if you were to go, if you were to go to Northeast United States, you would find more of that storytelling really? in their communities. I don't know golems originated from... Uh... Jewish culture. Um, I don't know if the it's the original original story, but it does have to do with like building it out of clay and um some type of uh, like bodily fluid from a person. Yeah, to yeah. Generate it. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense because they were talking about how the golem is essentially a rock golem, which is mm-hmm. you know made of, made of clay or whatever. But like the there's crystals and gems that mm-hmm. that attach to the it's golem. Like a science to it. Yeah, and each gem. Um, or a crystal that is that is implanted inside the golem to make it to make it uh, alive is the 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 soul of a either a a wizard or or magi or whatever that puts his energy into it for it to be alive mm-hmm. and um 
and when I was reading that, it was just it was it was one super interesting to put in my story because of the the fantasy and magic aspect of what I wanted to tell the story as, but just just the fact that they listed it as a cryptid because that really isn't a cryptid. Isn't a cryptid. <laughs> See, I think if we were just to be like, hey, if we played a game of is that a cryptid? I would not put Gollum in a cryptid category. I might put it in a humanoid myth category. Right. Or a humanoid magical category. Right. I, I, I'm not a big fan of like cryptids that are humanoid. I don't think centaurs are cryptids. I don't think mermaids are cryptids. Oh, mer- you don't think mermaids are cryptids? I don't think mermaids. So I, think mermaids I don't think Ariel. Fit, I don't think Ariel is a cryptid. I think that if it is a a more fishy version would be, if it looks half human, then it's just a fairy tale. Mermaids are are listed on the cryptid list. Man, and I mean, um, I disagree with a lot of things that are on official lists. You see, and uh, like I'm on that list that I can never go back to Disneyland. <laughs> I disagree with this list. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we haven't talked about why you get kicked out of Disneyland and, and banned over there. Yeah. Um yeah, but the the thing about the mermaids which is which is um really like, super interesting is that our thinking of what a mermaid is, beautiful being half human, half aquatic, but the cryptid version of a mermaid is scary. <laughs> like <laughs> it has like these these claws and are almost like sickly and oh, this is it's gnarly. Uh, I never understood why people always thought that they were like these fair-skinned, uh, like beautiful creatures when they are always in the water. Their skin is waterlogged. No, it is. They don't get sunlight. They're down in the water. But though uh, that one didn't uh, originate from um, the Grimm story, did it? Like the other. Um, are you thinking of? The original Ariel story. Yeah. The Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, Christian Andersen story. So the Hans Christian Andersen story, she cut her tail into two and every step was like bloody agony and he still didn't marry her. And then mermaids don't have souls. And so she killed herself and turned into sea foam. Like people with red hair. Yeah. I mean, if you have red hair, you you naturally do not have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a freckle for every soul that you steal. Oh. I think I read that on MySpace in like 2007. <laughs> I think before memes were memes and we just said mean things about people. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And what also fascinates about cryptozoology is like you have these things that are or were once thought as cryptids that were made up or or stories, but it, it turns out that the they did exist, but maybe that their characteristics or their features were wrong. Like the African peacock, it is an avian dinosaur bird creature that was listed as a cryptid because there was no proven existence of it. However, there were stories of it being alive. Come to find out, it, it's, it's true. When it comes to animals that people thought existed but didn't or vice versa, I just got done doing research on The Beast of Gévaudan, a werewolf wolf story in 1700s in France for our lore, our final lore episode, which is uh, episode 13. 
that when you hear this has already come out, so you can go check that out on the Housecraft Witching Hour. They were discussing bestiaries in my research for that one. So in the 1700s, people didn't know what a lot of animals were, and you didn't have podcasts or Google or YouTube. You couldn't pull up a picture of a cute cat or a penguin giving someone cuddles or dogs doing ridiculously cute tricks. You could look at a book called A Bestiary, and it would have hand-illuminated, hand-painted pictures of animals from other places. I mean, imagine you are a 18th century farmer, and you see a book, and you open it up, and there's a rhinoceros on one page, and there's a unicorn right next to it. I would believe a unicorn before I would believe a rhinoceros, because I've seen a horse before, right? So, I mean, a horse with a horn is way more plausible than a wrinkly gray blubber mobile with two horns. Yeah. So you're seeing these things. I mean, lo and behold, now we know that the unicorn is the one that's not real, but you see these things and they're, they're absolutely crazy. In the case of the beast of Jevoudan, I discuss how I think it was actually a hyena because at the time France was importing all these crazy animals from Africa these menageries were really, really popular. All these people were being killed. Over 100 people were killed in a three-year span. And the description of the animal plus the description of the bites were consistent with a hyena. And at the time, they were importing hyenas to France for their menageries. But these people don't know what they are. So now we've got these werewolf stories because they just they couldn't identify them. They had no idea. Oh. Most people, I mean, they couldn't even read. So even if they had a bestiary... They wouldn't know what the fuck they're looking at. Right, right, right. Yeah. So to go back to the to the cryptids that are that were once thought as cryptid, but now have been been proven from the University of Indiana. Um, uh, the number one animal that comes up is the Komodo dragon. Up until nineteen ten, it says that the stories of a giant lizard on the island of Komodo in Indonesia, no one believed in their existence. When you think about the stories that must have been told of, of yeah, you know, there's this giant lizard on this island and you have you know, people around the world, you know, laughing at you. It's like, no, you're crazy. That doesn't exist. They would come to find out, yeah, it does, <laughs> you know. Um, another one is a platypus. I like to gravitate towards things that in the, in the back of your mind, could it be plausible for it to exist, you know, uh, you know, toddlers uh, that listen to their parents, you know, of course, well, <laughs> they do not exist. You know, those uh, are cryptids. Yeah, those, those are cryptids. Those are humanoid those, cryptids. Those do not exist at all. Preteens. Yeah, preteens. They that do their laundry without being asked. Yeah, or clean. Remember to put on deodorant. Yeah, the, those those things don't exist. <laughs> uh, yeah, and when you uh, and when you think about that small little speck of, could it be real? And then you get that one small little photo or proof, evidence of, of it being real or could be real. It just puts this thing in, in my head that, that it, just, it just makes my head uh, go a million miles an hour. And, and for me, I come up with these, you know, these stories or entails or what have you. And um, it just makes me really happy. That they haven't fully said that, oh, yeah, Sasquatch doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the government did say that aliens, 
you know, are here, you know? I, I think there really is something specifically alluring about stuff we don't know. I mean, I think it's really what my ultimate fascination is with these stories. Even though I will tell you the majority of the stories I hear, I think are, are total bullshit. But the fact that there are people out there who are like, yes. I'm here for it. I bought it. Give me my receipt. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to try it on in the mirror. It's mine. I bought it. Yeah. I think those people are fascinating. I don't necessarily always want to be friends with those people. I think those people are cool to talk to at the party, but I don't want to invite them to my home. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Or, he is. He is. <laughs> like, uh, what's a good one? Like the, the moon landing or... Um, Filmed in a Hollywood basement. Yeah, or chemtrails. Like the like the like okay, okay, like hold on. Just calm down for a second. See, I'm not about those, but I'm like MK Ultra, let's talk about it. <laughs> like, let's do it. Or aliens, Area 51. Yes, let's do this yes. now. Or hey, I know you know the existence of Sasquatch. I know where he's at. Tell me now. But I also want to be able to have those conversations with people that if we decide to switch gears, we can be done with that conversation, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, let's be crazy. Let's talk about crazy stuff. Okay, but what time is soccer practice, for real? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, of course. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah. Like, so, hey, that's uh, me shifting gears. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah, like, uh, I, I drive an automatic. <laughs> very poorly, because the gears don't go zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> Uh, but Xenon, girl of the 21st century. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. When you have that, when you have those, um, those type of, types of people who, uh, are really into it, but then are just only, only, only straight into it, you're like, okay, hold on. All right. The, let's, let's come back to reality and let's, this is. It can't be your personality type. It can be an interest, but it's not a personality type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I'm back to, I think there's, I think there's something just completely easily enamorable about just things that we don't know, things that we can't prove or disprove just because we have like this wealth of information at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to know the price of tea in China, you could know the price of tea of China as far back since the creation of tea. I'm sure like it's just, all this information is available and it's so readily so that something that even has like a sprinkle of mystery, it just seems so much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we, we just don't have as much. I mean, I know there's a lot of scientific mystery left, but my brain doesn't go that far. <laughs> like my brain don't do good. <laughs> it does what it does well, but it don't do good for, for numbers and equations. Yeah. And I feel like that's, where a lot of the mystery is still so yeah so what we're gonna do is we're going to pick one just from, one yeah from each state and like some states have like 10 or 12 vice others have you know one or two i so, was very surprised at how many arkansas had yeah that, that was and they were good ones yeah they're really good ones um so we're just gonna pick one for each state and then what we plan to do is uh, tell a story and then... Or an encounter. It, yeah, it could be like a firsthand... Yeah, encounter or a... a um, some kind of dramatic telling, retelling. Yeah. And then after that, we will go into, you know, the background, the lore, and explore that particular cryptid. 
And we're not going to have an agenda. We're not going to be... Oh, we will have an agenda. <laughs> we will have an agenda. We will have a schedule, but we will not have an agenda. It's not, we're going to talk about women's studies and every cryptid is going to be a metaphor for women inequality through history. Like, it's not that kind of agenda. It's like, hey, we noticed this parallel. If you know what our next state's going to be or you have a suggestion for your state and it hasn't been done yet, absolutely reach out. Let us know. Maybe it's something we haven't heard of. Right. I mean, we've both traveled a lot, but we haven't lived in a lot of states. So if you're like, hey, this is my hometown and we had a case where this happened. Yeah. Like, send us that shit. That's the kind of stuff we want to hear. Yeah. So like um, the list we're going off of is a simple Google search. Like, Yeah, we compiled Well, we compiled it. We've, we we did make the list ourselves. Yeah. You know, when you come across these um, the major the major cryptids, you have those personal stories that don't fall on the major list those are the ones that are super super interesting those are the ones i would drive three hours out of my way on a road trip to go see yeah absolutely or interview people and uh just get the just get the story you know firsthand accounts you know if you know you have some craziness going on you shoot us a message if we decide to use your story i mean we could definitely we could take an audio clip from you if you want to tell us a little bit about your experience I am not above putting somebody else's voice on here to add, you know, a little bit bit of extra street cred on it. So if you have some awesome, amazing stories, definitely reach out. Let us know. We are Anthony and Kaylee, and we are so excited to start this project. And we will be tackling our very first state. And our very first state is going to be the heart of Dixie. We are going to start alphabetically with Alabama. See you in two weeks.